0: My brother John C.D., thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to S A F M here in South Africa.
1: Thank you. Good afternoon.
0: Let's talk about what's happening now in Chad. This latest declaration of it being a nation that is in a food crisis. I mean, we all know Chad is an L C D, least developed countries. I mean, L D C, least one of the least developed countries, and in the food security barometer, out of one hundred and sixteen countries it ranked a lowly one hundred and thirteen so best believe when chad says they've got a problem with food security what essentially they are saying and this is one of the statistics coming through is that a third of their population are hungry and in need of food now unpack this for us in un wfp language
1: please uh, right uh, listen, maybe before I can talk specifically about Chub, I would like to tell you that it's the whole Western African region that's facing an unprecedented hunger crisis with acute food insecurity reaching a 10-year high as the real effect of conflict of uh, climate change effects of COVID-19 pandemic and uh, of population displacement and rising food costs that we know right now. So, this is the situation that we know already uh, last month, especially last last March when we did our regional food security assessment we call Kandahar And this study already alerted that between June and September, the Western Africa region is going uh, is going to have more than 43 million people experiencing acute hunger in this region. So Chad falls basically and exactly in this category with 2.1 million severely food insecure in that period between June and September 2020. So the declaration that came about three three days ago is not a surprise to that to the World Food Programme. It is a situation we know about, and we have been alerting people. And as I said, there are so many reasons to that. The first, you may know that Chad currently hosts uh, a huge number of, uh, uh, of of refugees, more than uh, more than half a million refugees from Sudan, from Nigeria, from Central African Republic, and from Cameroon, and with close to four hundred thousand people internally displaced by conflict around the the Lake Chad region. So all these factors combined together make food insecurity really vulnerable, affecting people, preventing them from bringing the much-needed food on the table for the children.
0: Let's juxtapose what you have said, what we are talking about, to the fact that your sister organization, the UN Environment Programme, for food waste index its most recent report for 2021 says 17% give or take of global food production may go or in fact goes to waste 17% now contextualize what that 17% of food that simply goes from the earth or from the production line back into our waste and back into the environmental ecosystem and touched by humans for their consumption, what it could do for instance, to the statistics about which we are talking this evening
1: Um, Sorry, The line is not quite good but if you're talking about food waste which um, I hear in the very beginning of, uh, of your question, yeah, food waste is an issue and this is one of the topics we've been working on uh, working with individuals, working with communities and helping them, sanitizing them to understand and to contribute to reducing food waste because, as I said, uh, in the in Western Africa region only, we have more than 40 million people uh, who cannot uh, provide food for themselves. See, At the same time, other people are wasting food, then this is really an issue that everyone uh, needs to work on to make sure that we do not breed. Uh, food waste contributes to breaking the food system that contributes to improving people's food security around the world, especially in Africa, where we need it uh, even more. So it's very important for all of us to work on preventing, on protecting our food systems and reducing food waste to make sure that no one goes to bed on an empty
0: stomach. Certainly. Mr. John C.D. Majianga, Regional Head of Communications, Advocacy and Marketing, at the World Food Program of the United Nations, focusing on West Africa, giving us an account of exactly the issues that we are talking about and the numbers worse. Numbers are not just numbers in this instance. The numbers we're talking about are people, me and you, who are said to be severely food insecure. These people are hungry, do not know when their next meal is coming from. The entry point of this conversation is Chad, but we can even literally just take it down to the home level. When last did you throw food out of your fridge? When last was food spoiled? Cooked, prepared, you had it the one day, you had it the day after that but because you were sick and tired of three meals in a row you just didn't eat that food. That is what essentially we are engaging and juxtapose your experience and your engagement and behavior with food against the many people on the same continent who have no guarantee when their next meal is. After the break, we're taking your calls, please. Johannesburg 714-2006. WhatsApp voice notes 614 104 Please now don't leave me out to hang and dry. Nzinga is still here. Please participate. If not for me, then for her. After the break, she's going to lead the conversation as we move it. Song is on, my baby on SFM. Live, Nzinga. I'm joined...
2: <laughs> I'm joining Sangeza Zomabeke for a few more minutes as part of the extended Tuesday takeover. We are talking about the global focus on food, food security, rather, as a humanitarian crisis in Africa. And then we're also going to be speaking a little bit later on to a community leader from SBK Leadership Academy, which empowers youth in the greater Pretoria area to reach their fullest potential with fun, interactive, and transformational fit sessions. So that's what's coming up on SFM a little bit later on, Songhezo.
0: Fantastic, Nzinga. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, John C.D., you are on the line, I take it, because we just had to change the line. Are you there? Okay, John C.D. is not there. Let's have a conversation sure. between ourselves, and Zinga because I think... Um, without getting too technical about this conversation, I think we can always migrate it back to the home. The fact that I, I don't believe there isn't anybody listening to us now who doesn't have an experience of wasting food. Yeah. And even in a country that South Africa is, if you drive your car just here in Johannesburg, you, every set of robots you get to, there will be somebody there. Yes. It's a fact. It's just something yes. now we're no longer surprised by. And this is just this dichotomous relationship we have between our resources and their distribution such that a lot Mm. of people, look, I'm reluctant to say majority, but I mean, either way, it is a significant number Mm. of South Africans Mm. who go to bed hungry. How do we engage this question, even at this very micro country level?
2: Sure, that's a difficult one. And obviously, I'm not an expert. But I would say the way that I always think about things, I think if you live in South Africa, um, you must do more than what is expected of you in order to try and help people around you. And that's not a cheesy, like, uh, you know, hippie thing. But you cannot live in a country, like you're saying, where you drive past people at almost every robot and you just live for yourself and your immediate family and your friends. So you need to think about how also to give. And if you're talking about food waste, to give, but also to give people with dignity, right? So you're not going to give someone your half-eaten sandwich. I mean, you can because they're hungry. But think about ways of packaging food, in a way that you can still give it to somebody and, and it has dignity instead of, you know, giving people food that's rotten or half-eaten or whatever. And that's I think
0: an excellent point, that dignity point.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's important because you can't, I mean, even when you're in need, there must be something that still says to you, you're a person. It's inherent. You know, absolutely. it's not, Are you, mis- you know, people say beggars can't be choosers, for sure, but it's nice to receive help uh, without feeling. There's a way in which it happens, and I'm wondering yeah. what South Africans
0: at home are thinking in relation to this topic unfortunately we are unable to cross over to our guest and no surprises really for those of you who were tuned in a little earlier on the line really was not at all that great we still seem to be struggling to get through so Mm. do what you guys do best for Nzinga then (laughs) Johannesburg 714 2006 (laughs) please give us a call share your experiences with us I mean 65% of the world's arable land is on the continent which in a few years from now will have to feed the majority nine of billion those nine billion people. people on the mm. con- in the world now we're sitting at over eight billion people. So, the growth of the world, essentially, from what you said, from the African Development Bank's mm. leader, is that it is hinged on the successes of the continent. And and here's the critical point that you did raise, and I'm wondering if whether anybody else at home has a view on this: how we integrated how we integrate our development. Like, for instance, COVID, you are right. Mm. COVID, it presents as a health question, no doubt. But absolutely, it brings in social development. It brings in ICT communications. It brings in questions of social development in the mix. So you cannot attend to COVID-19 by simply focusing your resources on the Department of Health. The South African experience, by most accounts, has been good as opposed to not good. How then do we ensure regional integration? I mean, you mentioned the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, on mm-hmm. Mena presiding over that. The value of that agreement is really how it integrates African yes. economies.
2: Yes. So we will be the largest market um, yes. when we pull off the African Continental Free Trade Area. And it means that also as Africans living on the continent, we are going to make more money. Our GDP, our collective GDP is going to increase. We will have more money. Goods will be cheaper because they're flowing between us. We're not going to be paying uh, import taxes and all of, well, as much uh, tariffs. And we are going to be, I mean, it's not kumbaya uh, completely, but regional integration, like you're saying, making sure that continents, countries rather, on the continent are speaking to each other. And ensuring that there's a better quality of life for citizens, which comes back to... I mean, you can take it from anything. We are talking about food waste a little bit earlier on, food insecurity. As South Africa, I mean, we were hearing that, I don't know how many million, 45 million people? Mm, 44. 44. 43 million people are facing hunger in the region. Um, we may not have that food insecurity now, but when, what we're seeing is with that war in Ukraine, which people think, oh, it's so far, it doesn't concern me. Look at our oil prices, look at our petrol prices. Um, look at our wheat prices and still going up Look at and sugar producers today were saying that you know what actually, the sugar producers in Europe, because we're struggling to get gas because of this war in Ukraine we may not be able to produce sugar at all over the next few months that was one of the biggest um, producers of sugar in the European Union, right? So all these things are going to affect us Absolutely um, and
0: It's a demand and supply question
2: ultimately yeah, I mean I don't I don't really know where I'm going with this point, no, but no, no, everything affects a good point. everything affects each other and from uh, from a small level like you were speaking about, from how we manage food waste in our home to to larger levels, everything is kind of integrated and lastly we also can't, no matter how giving we are, no matter how we don't waste food and all of that, we can't fix large structural problems like a war, like um, not not proper agro-processing, like not taking advantage of agricultural systems. We can't fix that by giving people food or not wasting food. So we need, we need all parts of the things need to be working because you can try and do your small and anna patch-ups, but... You've raised a good
0: good point, and I appreciate that um, where I'm taking it, if you don't know where it was going, is the fact that what is happening in the world has a direct consequence to what happens in South Africa. One, because we are part of the global economic system. We can't contract out of it simply because of the convenience of or inconvenience of war. And the fact that Ukraine and Russia among themselves account for 30% of global wheat production That has got fundamental impact on the continent. Oil, for instance, what is happening there increases the price for everybody. And the Mm. knock-on effect in the greater value chain, by the time any of these products come to South Africa, they manifest in these high Mm. oil prices. Cooking oil, for instance, I mean, look at the price of cooking oil. It's a basic necessity in most South African homes. It has shot through the roof. And that has an impact on food security because at some point or the other, what would have been set aside for food is not nearly enough to do what it was supposed to do.
2: I think we're past that point now. Even with inflation, I really think we're past that point. And it's not – I mean, we can go and look at the statistics and see what we, they're saying about inflation. We see inflation going above the Reserve Bank's target. We can say it like that. Or we can just go to anybody and say, how much are you actually paying for food and petrol now compared to last year? And you will see it's so much more. And then you don't need fancy Absolutely. figures and analysis. You can just see the cost of living is going up. And almost everybody is squeezed more than they were last year. Now, if you are earning lower on the scale, you can't afford to be squeezed that much. The because is
0: that much greater, yeah. Because your,
2: your, I mean, your petrol, your transport, sorry, not your petrol, is already taking up so much of your budget. Um, now those taxi prices are going to go up. Your petrol price is going Everything up for the taxis. Everything is going up. And your wages are not even following inflation. Never mind. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very scary scenario. And it's also almost unfair because there's almost nothing you can do besides saving if you have the capacity to do it. That's another to point. To cushion yourself against what's coming in the economic challenges. How do you save
0: in an environment of this kind? John C.D., yeah. are you there, my brother? We have lost for good our correspondent from... I think it's also good to give up
2: sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think we have done that. The regional (laughs) head of
0: communications for advocacy marketing at the World Food Programme, unfortunately, cannot continue. We were struggling before with him on the line. We have continued to struggle with him. And I think in the two minutes that remain, I'm simply going to express my sincere gratitude to my food security specialist who doubles up as a... (laughs) News anchor, author and facilitator, Miss Nzinga Kunta, thank you so much for your thoughts. You see, the value of what you do has just come through now. You having engaged (laughs) these questions time in and time out, engaging captains of industries and the decision makers at a global level, at a, a local level as well, has allowed you to engage me as effectively as you had. So my thanks are extended to you.
2: Thank you so much. I just wish I had a better memory, you know. I really, I sometimes enjoy listening to people with more uh, facts and figures. And because I process so much information, sometimes it's hard to dredge it up. But it's been so interesting speaking to you. Thanks so much for letting me overstay my welcome on the Tuesday takeover. I don't want to sleep over in studio, so I'm going to leave now. Um, But thank you so much to your viewers as well for your voice notes and WhatsApps. It's been fantastic being with you, Sunge. thanks so much for the
0: Line. We have listeners here. Not like a li-
2: a viewers. Viewers. <laughs> Listeners. I think I've giggled a lot as well during the show. Which is good. You don't get yeah. a chance to do that on yeah, TV. Yeah, it's very no. enjoyable. You can be
0: a lot more animated, <laughs> Yanzinga. under everybody. I would say, Brafini, please play a round of applause. We've thoroughly enjoyed your time, Yanzinga. <laughs> have yourself a wonderful evening. For those Thank of you. you who are the family on SAFM, I'm not gonna call you A Teamers because the A Teamers are coming on in the new hour. Please stay tuned. We have our community builder This evening, soon to be profiled after this very short break.